swords and spears in the hands of champions. Is that good? <laughs> Some are like, I don't know. I just wanted a sermon. Oh, okay, you're not getting a sermon. Getting something else. So we're in a series about uh, the book of Ephesians. In the uh, last couple of weeks, we talked about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. Last week, uh, how the um, Holy Spirit can come open the eyes of your imagination, flood your heart with light. And so I want to just kind of just do something that kind of covers all those. I want to look at how do you actually get revelation from your spirit into your mind? I've been talking about all these things, like how does it actually work? And so this is going to be good. I want to start off by looking at a statement from um, perhaps the greatest missionary, the greatest theologian, maybe the greatest apostle, uh, maybe the greatest follower of Jesus to ever live. He had so much revelation and so many heavenly experiences that he was not permitted to talk about them. Uh, he wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else. Of course, we're talking about the Apostle Paul. So listen to this statement that this man made, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. The Texas translation says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all y'all. Here's the implication of that thing. He's, he's speaking to a, a, a church in Corinth. We don't know how many there were. But he, the idea is, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. Now, what was it about this man who's the, the, the busiest, most in demand, the, the most effective? What was it about him that actually made him make this statement? Um, this is the guy who said that we were to pray without ceasing. I think we get a little peek at his life at what it looks like for this man who just, he prayed in tongues on a regular basis. I mean, you can see him. He was a tent maker. And uh, he, as he's praying, and the, and the Holy Spirit just praying in tongues as he's working, such power was released just from his work that people would take handkerchiefs and would take his um, aprons that he was wearing, and they would go and they would lay them on sick people, and demons would come out and people would be healed just from the th implements of his work. It's interesting, and that, that story is told in Acts chapter 19. That, seven, that same chapter has seven sons of a magician named Sceva, they took the name of Jesus, and they began to try to cast out a demon, and the demon overpowered the man and the, uh, the seven sons, and the seven sons of sand, they ran out naked and bleeding. It's amazing that one man who prayed in tongues had more power in his hanky than seven sons of Sceva. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yeah, here's an interesting fact. The Bible talks more about speaking in tongues than it does about being born again and the virgin birth combined. So uh, let's, just, let's just hit this real quick. There's three kinds of speaking in tongues. James Maloney says there's seven, including emergency tongues. I'm not going to get into all those. Um, emergency tongues is perhaps the greatest tool that they, the Lord has given us. But uh, the three, I'm, gonna talk, I'm just going to talk about the third one. The, the first one is um, where they, uh, someone is speaking in tongues in a language they do not understand, and the hearer understands it. Okay, And so we see this in um, the book of Acts, chapter 2. All of them, this is speaking of 120 people in the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the sound of these 120 speaking in tongues, um, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? So there's actually a time when speaking in tongues could be understood by the, by the hearer. Uh, my mother-in-law, Nancy, Mary's mom, she, uh, she was on a missions trip over in Germany, and they were at this church ministering, and this lady uh, began to manifest a demon. For some reason, um, the pastor said, go get Nancy. And so I don't know why. The pastors didn't handle this. They didn't have ministry teams, whatever. They get Nancy, and so my mother-in-law comes this demoniac's manifesting pretty violently, and my mother-in-law jumps on top of this person, gets face-to-face, -face, and begins speaking in tongues. 
and um, cast out the demon. And so it was like, wow, this is great. And so my mother-in-law is in the bathroom, and one of the ladies from the church came, and she said, that was absolutely amazing. She said, you were speaking perfect German to that person. And she's like, well, I, I don't know German. And then it became an even bigger miracle. So hey, sometimes it just works. I remember we were in a church service once. We used to go to this church in Springfield, Missouri called James River Assembly of God. It was a great church, is a great church. And uh, there was a person who gave a message in tongues to the corporate body. And um, there was a person there hearing it who was not saved and was like, wow, this is amazing how they kind of have this cross-cultural element of the service. Uh, the man was a Cherokee Indian and he heard um, his language being spoken in the tongue and the person was praising God and he went up to talk to the person about it and the person said, I don't know Cherokee. And so it was just, it was, so sometimes God just does fun stuff like that. Can we just agree? There's a second kind of speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 27 through 28. I know I'm speaking a little fast here. I, I'm not trying to speak in tongues, speak so fast you think I'm speaking in tongues. I, that, that could happen here. But um, I'm just, this is just kind of intro. These are the things I don't want to talk about, but I'm just going to mention. So, but they're still good, all right? And so 1 Corinthians 14, verses 27 and 28, this is the second kind of tongues where um, a person gives a message in tongues, nobody understands what they're saying. In order for people to be edified, someone needs to have the gift of interpretation to say, this is what was said. Okay? Uh, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most, three should speak. One at a time. Paul's giving some protocols because the Corinthian church was going a little nuts with the spiritual gifts. At the most, three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. So this is one of those gifts, and um, the, the purpose when we come together as a body is to edify each other, and if someone's yeah, operating in this gift of tongues, no one can be edified because they don't know what's saying unless that it's uh, interpreted. And so Paul says, hey, prophecy, it interprets, it edifies right away because people understand it. Tongues, it requires an additional gift if the whole body is going to be edified. Okay, we good? But I'm not here to talk about this. Today I'm going to talk about the, the, the gift of tongues for you personally. It's, it's a gift that um, when you find out what all it does, you're going to be fighting to spend more time praying in tongues. Okay, so today I want to pour salt in your tongue. I want to arouse your sweet tooth on your tongue. There it is, yeah. Uh, I want to arouse your sweet tooth for the gifts of the Spirit of, of speaking in tongues. I think a lot of times we just kind of look at it as like an optional gift Listen, any gift that God, Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Uh, to me, he knows something about it that we need to discover and recapture and, and have in our lives, okay? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I desire for you all to speak in tongues. That's interesting. John G. Lake, uh, one, of, one of the greatest missionaries, had over 100,000 documented healings in his uh, ministry, which means they had to have a doctor's report saying it was incurable, and then they got the healings. Um, he said that tongues has been the making of my ministry. Smith Wigglesworth, another famous healing evangelist, known for dramatic dead raisings and body parts growing back, things like this. He was known to pray in at least one hour every morning in tongues. So these are just some of my heroes. We've got the Apostle Paul here. And so let's look at what is speaking in tongues. What is praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit? Sometimes it's called different things even in the Bible. So um, it's you speaking a language that you have not yet learned that the Holy Spirit is giving you the words. Okay, so I want you to get the picture here. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages or speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Another translation, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Another translation, as the Spirit empowers them. Okay? 
I think a lot of people, they're, they're having experienced it. They're waiting for God to come and kind of possess their tongue. It's, it's like, you know, you're walking along with a sudden, and all of a sudden he just begins to, that's not what it's like. It says they spoke and God gave them the words. What's your part? To speak in faith. It actually takes faith to speak in tongues that what I'm saying is actually meaning something. It's actually something spiritual because your mind's telling you, this is ridiculous. I hope nobody hears you. Right? That's what, that's what your mind is doing. We're, we're going to address that here in a second, what, what's actually happening when you're speaking in tongues. But you're speaking, and the Holy Spirit is giving you the words. Okay? So if you're waiting for your tongue to start vibrating, and so it's, it's not going to happen. Okay? The Spirit's not going to come and possess your tongue and ba-da-da-da-da. Okay? There are times um, when I'm just kind of going about, and I can feel it almost bursting out of me. It just kind of like almost bubbles out, and it just, it's just not trying to. And there's other times where I'll kind of just do it as a discipline, where I'll set aside. Um, my wife and I, for a period of time, we used to uh, set the timer for five minutes. We would lay in the bed and hold hands and pray in tongues for five minutes and just see kind of what God opened up, and then we would just begin to, to pray in English. And so in our married life, we probably have prayed in tongues together more than we have prayed in English together. It's just something that's, that's been very precious and valuable for us. So there are times I feel like when the Holy Spirit just comes upon you or you're just stressed and it just kind of... Holy, the, the, the tongues just kind of come out. And there's other times where you can choose to speak in tongues. It's a, it's a unique spiritual gift because you can choose when to turn it on and off. It's whenever you're looking to step into faith and believe, and then boom, you speak and the Holy Spirit gives you the words and your mind begins to battle. And after a minute or two, your mind kind of shuts off and then you can kind of get into the flow. Is anyone else here? You guys know what I'm talking about? Speaking in tongues takes you out of natural thinking and reasoning and puts you into the supernatural realm of faith. I think it's the doorway to many of the other gifts. It's just, it just puts you into a whole different realm. So let's look at what is happening when you're praying in tongues besides your mind battling there. Okay, ready for this? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So Paul says two very significant things that are happening. Number one, when we speak in tongues, we're speaking to God. Okay? We're not speaking to the air. We're not just shooting something in there. And uh, when we speak in tongues, we're actually speaking mysteries. I think it's interesting that the two biggest hindrances we have to speaking in tongues are addressed both in this situation. So I'm going to give the hindrance, but the, the, these verses cover it here. So the first hindrance is this. I mean, it's easy to feel disconnected when we're praying because it doesn't feel like we're talking to a real person. Like, like sometimes it's hard to pray for more than like, I don't know, a minute or two because it's like, you don't feel like you're having a real conversation. It just feels like you're shooting words into the air. Has anyone else ever experienced this? You're like, after a minute or two, you're like, do, 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 okay? And so Paul addresses this right here. He says, no, no, you're not speaking. He said, you're speaking directly to God. There's actually an audience. There's actually a target when you're speaking. Speaking in tongues is the language of intimacy. It's the language of the secret place. The secret place isn't necessarily a place in your house or like a closet that you go to. The secret place is something that you carry on the inside where you hide yourself in the Lord. And as you begin to speak in tongues, you form a secret place right there. It's just very interesting. In Jude chapter 20, he talks about how um, you build yourself up on the holy faith. We're going to look here in another second. He talks about when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. Here's the picture. As I speak in tongues, I build an edifice around myself that can house revelation. What's going on? You're creating a secret place. You're creating a house that God can come and land on and begin to fill. Tongues is the least of the gifts. I'll take it. Yeah. Anything from heaven uh, is amazing. 
Especially because tongues is the doorway to all the other gifts, I believe. Just from... Remember how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven. You're actually addressing your prayers to a person. And tongues are the same way. You're not speaking to men, you're speaking to God. You're not doing it for show, you're not doing it for any of this and that, you're, you're speaking to God. And so here's something that, um, uh, it's, it's a lover's language. And when you are talking to somebody, you have to stop talking in order to listen. Um, some of us have not yet learned this yet as adults, but we're, uh, we're getting there, right? And so um, when you're praying in tongues, you don't have to stop talking in order for God to begin to speak into your spirit. Okay? You know what I'm saying? You don't speak in tongues and then have to stop and listen. As you're praying in tongues, you're entering a spiritual realm, and God can communicate directly with your emotions, with your mind, with your spirit, without having to use your ears. I don't recommend this, but you can, you can, just to prove a point, you can do this. I can read a book while praying out loud in tongues and comprehend the book with my mind and tell you what it was said. Because this is a spirit activity. This is not an intellectual thing that's going on. This is, a, this is my spirit uniting with God's spirit and speaking things out. And I'm gonna, we're going to continue to go on here and show what actually happens in the heavenly realm while that happens. But it's not like a normal conversation. As I'm speaking, I can begin to get impressions. I can begin to get visions. I can begin to get pictures in my mind. I can begin to get these, these subtle knowings. I can kind of just get washed with peace. What's happening? Heaven is communicating back to you. He's just not using your rational mind. We'll talk about how to get into your rational mind here in just a second, but are we doing good here? All right. So you're not speaking to men, you're actually speaking to God. And so that's just a big hindrance is we feel like we're not talking to a person, but if we recognize that we are talking to a person, then it becomes the language of lovers. It becomes the language of intimacy. Paul also says you can pray in the spirit, pray with your mind. You can, in English, you can pray with your spirit. You can also sing with your mind, but you can also sing with the spirit. Here's what I found to be true. is when you pray in the spirit, it changes you. When you sing in the spirit, it actually changes the atmosphere around you. When you're in a stinky situation, uh, just in your life or whatever it might be, if you will just begin to sing in the spirit, this is talked about in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, about, um, it actually calls it sing, um, spiritual songs, songs that the spirit is inspiring, where you're singing in tongues. And so um, you're singing, you're, you're, I mean, maybe you're making up the melody, maybe you're whatever you're doing there. Um, th- this morning I sang uh, to, uh, what's that song? Um, the Final Countdown by... Uh, was it Europe? Is that who the Europe? Yeah. And so um, I was uh, making breakfast, and so I just put on YouTube the final countdown and just prayed in tongues. And so um, and I, I began to sing to the tune of the final. It's just a jam. I'm sorry. I just love the final countdown. But um, what was I doing? I was singing, and the Spirit was giving me the words, and uh, Europe was giving me the tune. Okay? Changed the atmosphere of our kitchen. I guarantee it. It was amazing. So one of the challenges that I've faced in, uh, in trying to speak in tongues for more than five minutes is um, what do I think about when I'm talking to them? You're like, like you know, you're, you know, you're like planning your vacation, you know, like a grocery list. And so um, I, I don't enjoy that as much. And so I, I read a book a couple years ago by a guy named Corey Russell. He's from the uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City. I don't remember the name of the book, but it was really good. And he talked about having a focal point when you pray. And so he talked about... Um, God on the throne or Christ within? 
And it's, it's really helped me. And so there's, you know, there's a picture in Revelation chapter 4 um, of, you know, there's this one sitting on a throne who's shining like a diamond, burning like a fire, surrounded by an emerald rainbow. He's the most beautiful person you've ever met, the most passionate person, the most compassionate person. Lightnings, thundering, voices emanate from his throne. Seven lampstands are filled with fire. And so sometimes when I'm doing it, I just love to imagine this just majestic, the most amazing, relentlessly kind person that I can ever imagine. And as I'm praying in tongues, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm having that as my focal point. Sometimes I'll focus on different images of the Holy Spirit. There's wind, there's fire, there's oil, there's the bear hug of God. If you remember in uh, Luke uh, chapter 15 in the prodigal son, where it talks about um, the father, it said he fell on his neck. And it's, it's a picture of the father giving a bear hug. And in Acts chapter 10, it says it uses the exact same phrase. Luke, the author of the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. He uses the exact same phrase, how the Holy Spirit fell upon believers. It's the bear hug of God. So sometimes I'll just... As I'm praying in tongues, maybe they're just one of those images. I'll just need water. I'll just need refreshing. And I'll just, I'll just imagine the Holy Spirit as water, as refreshing. Um, sometimes for that focal point, I'll just look at different pictures of Jesus as the bread, as the vine, or pictures of God as fortress, rock, refuge, provider. And so um, we're looking at that hindrance of it doesn't feel like we're really talking to anybody. And so I found that knowing that I'm talking to God, this is the language of intimacy, and sometimes having that focal point can really help me. Are we good? Are we still there? All right. Um, I pay attention to my thoughts while I pray in tongues. Uh, it feels like it releases something all week long. It's like when I'm uh, intentional or just consistent with tongues, it seems like the whole rest of the week is just like, man, revelation, ideas. It's like I would keep a, a pen and paper or a little digital recorder handy, but um, it seems like it just primes the pump for revelation to occur. Okay? Let's look at the second hindrance. Again, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Um, the second hindrance is um, we don't understand what we're saying. Right? I mean, yeah, you figure that out if you prayed in tongues for more than 10 seconds. And so when you're speaking tongues, you're entering into this mystery realm. Uh, the Holy Spirit says there's things that God has locked up for you that it takes the Holy Spirit to unveil. It takes for him to reveal. You can't figure it out. You can't logically deduce these things. Even if you could logically deduce them, you would not be able to live them out. They wouldn't be real to you. They'd be stuck in your mind. Okay, but all these things are in this spirit realm, in this mystery realm. And the Bible says that when you're praying in tongues, you're uttering these things. You're tapping into this mystery realm, this realm where only the Holy Spirit can unveil things. So I want to paint a picture of what this looks like for you. I think this is really going to be good, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. These things, he's speaking of mysteries. He has just, Paul has just explained mysteries. These mysteries, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. He, he's giving us a picture of how things work in the spiritual realm here. I'm going to tie this to tongues here in just a second. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? In other words, other words, no one really knows your thoughts except you, right? And so he's using an analogy. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one can really know what God's thinking except for God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, okay? No one can know God except God, and he says, I've got some good news for you. You've got the Spirit of God who knows God. 
And he's in this mystery realm. He starts off, these mysteries God has revealed to us through the Spirit so that we might understand the things, what, what things freely given by God. These mysteries, this, this secret realm. So that God might reveal to you the hidden mysteries of God. Verse, verse 13. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly or their foolishness to him. In other words, you hear some spiritual truths. Hold on. God's plan was to come and die? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It sounds foolish. Okay, it takes spiritual understanding to understand these things. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? These mysteries and revelation from God, they do not originate in your human brain. They originate in your born-again spirit. I want you to think about this. I want you to think of the natural man as an AM radio. Okay, and so, and so you could take that AM radio and you could go all the way from whatever it starts at five something and goes up to whatever. And so you could go all the way through the dial back and forth, back and forth, searching for FM, but you're never going to get FM because it operates in a different frequency. Okay, here's what he's saying. You can take your human brain and you can try to figure out the things of God. You can struggle. You can do this and that. You're never going to do it because it's only revealed on a spiritual dimension. It's in a completely different frequency. When you pray in tongues, you move from AM to FM. That's good right there. Okay? So, how do I get what's going on in my human spirit into my human brain? That's been born again, but needs to be renewed, that still has lenses that need to be adjusted, all this stuff. Okay? Are you guys ready for this? All the good stuff's in your spirit. When you were born again... Picture the Holy Spirit as a hard drive with all the mysteries of God on it. And your spirit is a hard drive. And those two became one hard drive. When you are praying in tongues, it's downloading things from the Holy Spirit's hard drive onto your hard drive. Okay? This is what's going on. You're uttering mysteries. There's a, there's a transfer and your spirit is getting it. It's like, oh yeah, baby. Yeah, keep it going. Uh, you know, I bought a Hyundai, but should have bought a Kia. You know, all the, you know. You're praying in tongues there. <laughs> your spirit's loving it, but your mind's still unfruitful. So here's what Paul says to say. How do I get it from my spirit, download to download, my, my spirit's getting this. How do I get that into my human brain? Okay? When you're speaking in tongues, you can pray that you would interpret what you're saying. Okay? So let me connect the dots for you. Okay, you guys ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Remember, 1 Corinthians 2 is the same author, the same book as we've been reading about tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul's talking about mysteries in 1 Corinthians 2 that you're uttering with your spirit. The spirit searches the mysteries of God. The spirit, the spirit does this. Mysteries, mysteries, mysteries. Then he goes over and says in 1 Corinthians 14, it's the Holy Spirit who's praying through you the mysteries of God. The same mysteries that he's revealing over here are the same mysteries that speaking in tongues is going. It's the same book, same author, just a couple chapters difference. Okay? So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Okay? We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. 
you're praying in tongues. See, uh, the, the kind... How do I want to do this here? Let me read you one more verse, and then I'll talk to you for a little bit. We're almost done. 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. Okay, the context of this verse, he's talking about the corporate worship setting, that when you're, you know, when you're in a church setting, that uh, the body's not going to be edified unless someone interprets this, this tongue. What works in the church also works in home. You can, you're sitting there, you're praying in tongues, you can pray that you interpret. It works at home as well. Here's the picture. You have the mind of Christ. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's got all the downloads of God. Now he's downloading it to your spirit. And you say, God, what does that thing mean? I feel like our spirits are this deep, deep well. And speaking in tongues is the bucket that draws it up out of it into our mind. And interpretation makes the lights come on. So you're praying in tongues. You're praying in tongues. And it's just priming the pump. And you can say, God, what is it that I'm praying? Now notice it says um, it's an interpretation of tongues, not a translation of tongues. Okay, so if someone ends with a, you know, I don't know, a Shabbat, you know, and you're like, okay, and then someone interprets the tongue, and the last word was glory. I was like, Shabbat, I mean, it's, it's not like that. If you've ever, um, you know, spoken in another country where someone was translating from you, it's not like a word-for-word thing. Like, I can say two sentences, and they'll go on for ten, trying to explain it. Okay, that's translating. And so don't get this thing into, you know, is this translation of tongues. And so, you know, I went on for this long. How could God only gave me this much? And look, just put that whole thing aside. I know we're talking about spiritual weird stuff. Okay, I know it doesn't get much weirder than this, but it actually does. But we're not going to deal with it today. And if this is the Sunday, like, your family member brought you, like, the, like the first time here, and they're talking about all this stuff, man, just... You see, we're getting it from the Bible. We're not like making it up from like the, you know, Baker's Book of Opinions. All right, so. (laughs) One cool thing before I, uh, just a quick side note. I've heard people say, well, how come uh, Jesus never spoke in tongues? Well, you don't understand the function of tongues. Um, uh, There's the, Jesus died, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and told the disciples, hey, go wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit, who's going to make all of the new covenant promises a reality in your life. So they go, they wait there. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. They speak in tongues. Other people hear it. Peter gets up. The same Peter who was cowering from a slave girl saying, hey, aren't you one of his followers? Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit, has a boldness come on him, begins preaching up a storm. Starts with the book of Joel, and it's like, hey, this is what Joel was talking about. And he starts quoting the Psalms, and he says this. These tongues that you're hearing about testify that Jesus is the one who is enthroned, and he is Lord over all, and he's exactly who he said he was. That's later in the book of Acts chapter 2. Okay, Every time you speak in tongues, it testifies to the spiritual realm that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Jesus didn't speak in tongues because he's the Lord over tongues. But that's not in the notes. Not here to talk about that. God has given us the ability to see things in the spiritual realm. And when believers do not speak in tongues, they're putting tape over their spiritual eyes and trying to see. They've got a well, but they've cut the rope to the bucket. 
I'm not saying that if you don't speak in tongues that you don't have any kind of spiritual insight. I'm just saying there's a, there's a tool here that's available that Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all y'all. When I'm praying in tongues, I'll just tell you kind of the feeling I have. I feel like there's this faucet up in heaven, this giant faucet, and it says, Jim's prophetic destiny. And as I pray in tongues, it's like the faucet comes on and I'm standing underneath it. Holy Spirit says, I will show you things to come. Like he is going to begin to equip you with things that you're going to need months down the road or minutes down the road. Why? Because they're locked up in a mystery realm. How do you get them out of the mystery realm? You begin to pray those things with your spirit. And as you ask for interpretation, God may give it to you right then. I find sometimes it comes to me at the oddest moments. And it's almost like the odder the moment, it's like God's going to say, are you going to honor this thing? Like right when you're in the middle of your important business, are you going to stop and write it down and recognize it and go back and meditate on it later so it goes deeper? I'll bet you many of you have already been interpreting the tongues you've been praying, you just haven't recognized it. I remember Mary and I were driving down the road and I was just kind of praying in tongues under my breath and this person came to mind. And uh, about 30 seconds later, Mary brings up this person. And I'm like, hey, um, that person just came to mind while I was praying in tongues. We better pray for this person. I bet you that kind of stuff happens on a regular basis to you. You're getting ideas and you go into the workplace and it's like, hey, I kind of already had this thought. Or you know what, I already had this verse and it seems like everybody's preaching it and God gave it to me. And you see what I'm saying? You're already getting these things. I just encourage you, just begin to recognize it and even ask for it more. He says, the one who's praying in tongues, ask that he may interpret what he's saying. Right after Paul says, you're not speaking to men, you're speaking to God. You're speaking to a real person. You're not going to understand what you're saying. You're uttering mysteries with your spirit. He says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself or strengthens himself in the Lord, or edifies himself, or builds an edifice that houses the revelation God wants to give you. Listen, we are living in a generation that is emphasizing physical fitness and healthy eating. And my, yeah, praise God, that's awesome. It would be a shame to waste all that time, energy, resources, all that time researching and planning and exercising and all those things, and have an amazing physical body, but spiritually for you to be completely weak. For you to be getting your butt kicked by the devil every other week. You know, the devil just has to put one symptom on you and you go to the internet and you've got six diseases. I don't know how people watch the news without like running for a noose. It is like the most depressing thing in the world. I haven't seen anything that depressing since The Bachelor. I mean, it's like... Mary and I were in a a waiting room at the doctor's office recently and they had the bachelor on there and I actually started getting symptoms. So, (laughs) Interesting. Um, When you're praying in the spirit, you're building yourself up. So here's a scientific study. You ready for this? Um, Dr. Carl Peterson of of Oral Roberts University in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually, this has been done by other um, university hospitals in New York and other things is a brain specialist doing research on the relationship between the brain and praying in tongues. Through research and testing, Dr. Peterson found that as we pray in the spirit or worship in the spirit, there's an activity that begins in the brain. As we engage in our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemical secretions that are directed into our immune systems, giving a 35 to 40% boost in the immune system. This promotes healing within our bodies. 
Amazingly, this secretion is triggered from a part of the brain that has no other apparent activity in humans, and we don't use it. It is only activated by our spirit-led prayer and worship. It's amazing. Can I get a shandai? Now, I'm just not going to apologize for being spirit-filled or charismatic. Jesus was very spirit-filled and very charismatic. Every writer of the New Testament was very spirit-filled, very charismatic. There was none of them going, oh, the gifts of the Spirit have ceased and blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on, gang. I I can't even go into that level of foolishness. You're never going to take a new believer, lock him in a room with a Bible for a week, and they'll come out going, oh, the gifts must have ceased because now we have the Bible. I mean, there's even a preacher out there doing conferences called Strange Fire. Oh, the charismatics, it's strange fire. Listen, any fire is strange fire when you got no fire, pal. (laughs) Listen, I love teaching. I love impartation. I love prophecy. I love conferences. None of those are a substitute for you building yourself up in the Holy Spirit yourself. There There is absolutely no substitute to it. Those things are great to fuel fire, but if you don't have a source of fire, of digging into that well, I remember I was uh, praying in tongues this week, and I saw a picture of like those, I don't know what they're called, like oil riggers, those things that dip down, like, you know, like a bird dipping down, you know, those things. And so it was like my tongue was dipping down and was pulling up oil. It was like, that's what's happening when I was speaking in tongues. I'm going down. Don't you have a song about that, Mary? Like going down and digging up oil or digging up the well or something's happening in there. I don't know. I was going to try to write one real quick, but I better not, especially after last week's mishap. So, Listen, you and I, we have to cultivate a relationship with God on our own. Nobody else can do it for you. There's lots of talk about intimacy with the Lord, and rightfully so. One of the best ways to build an intimacy with the Lord is to build a house, to build an edifice that houses revelation through speaking in tongues, the language of lovers. You cannot replace the secret place. You cannot replace the secret place. And you can have a secret place anytime while you're driving, while you're making tents, while you're fill in the blank, whatever it is. And so uh, there's no limits to it. No limits. Last verse, Jude chapter 20. I'm sorry, Jude verses 20 and 21. There's only one chapter in Jude. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God. What happens as you're doing this? You're building yourself up on the holy faith and keeping yourself in the love of God. You start to think God's mad at you, God's this and that. As your spirit begins doing that, this refreshing comes over you. Maybe uh, your mind even gets renewed. Like, hold on, I'm believing lies about this thing. If a battery in a car runs down, we hook it up to a power source and charge it up. What do you do when your spiritual battery runs down? What are you doing? You're tapping into that spiritual source. You're entering from AM into FM. You're going into a whole different spiritual dimension where you're uttering mysteries, where things begin to happen. The things that are hidden are now being released. I am feeling good right now. I'm going to close with this story. 
Jackie Pollinger. She is a missionary and evangelist. She'd been ministering in Hong Kong since like 1966 when she started there. In the early days of her ministry, she specifically worked with gang members, prostitutes, and drug addicts who lived in a portion of Hong Kong known as the Walled City. It was the worst part of the city. It was during that period of her life that she discovered the power of tongues to free men and women from their dependence on heroin and opium. In her book, Chasing the Dragon, she shares many stories of addicts who were miraculously delivered through praying in the Spirit. She tells a story of Ah Kai, a heroin addict, for 10 years with a $100 a day habit, who withdrew painlessly in less than a week. Jackie writes this, if he experienced any twinge of pain, we would quickly urge him to pray in tongues and the pain would miraculously disappear. Now we knew without a shadow of a doubt that praying in the spirit was the answer for a painless withdrawal from heroin. Later she writes this, word quickly spread along the addict grapevine that if they were willing to believe in Jesus, they would receive some kind of power that enabled them to kick drugs painlessly. As each boy arrived, the miracle was repeated. He came to Christ and came off the drugs painlessly when he prayed in the language of the Spirit. Listen, I wish I had tongues. I wish I had tongues. I wish I had time to talk to you about Ephesians six, how he talks about praying in all kinds, praying with all kinds of um, prayers in the Spirit for the purpose of spiritual warfare. And sometimes things get so intense you don't know what to pray. There's a picture in Romans 8 that says um, the Holy Spirit, uh, when we don't know what to pray, he knows what to pray. He does it through uh, groanings that that words cannot express. And sometimes that's all that you have is just an, oh, there's just just an ache to it. There's There's just such a warfare. And there's all kinds of prayers, Paul says, but one of them is a prayer in the Spirit that does warfare. And you just begin to pray over that thing. And uh, whether it's casting out, casting out demons in German or whether it's calming a storm in your child or in your business or in your finances, you begin to tap into that FM realm. If you begin to pray in the Spirit and do it for an extended period of time, you'll have more intimate fellowship with God. You will release mysteries that God has for you into your life. You'll be strengthened with God's strength. You will break through just from living from your feelings and living from the, to living from the Holy Spirit within, and you'll see the power of the enemy broken in your life. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. You guys know what's coming now, don't you? <laughs> Repeat after me. No, we're not going to do that. Come tie my bow tie. No, we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. It's about to get a little freaky deaky. Don't worry. Here's what I want you to do. is uh, if, if, if you're not born again, this is a great time to step into it. This will not work with you until the Holy Spirit comes into your life so that you can be enabled to do this. I know we've been having some fun, but I hope you're seeing that there's a reality that you can tap into that is beyond anything you can do in your human strength. And so if you're here today and you've been hearing about this Jesus and you're saying, you know what? I, I don't have a relationship with him, but I want one. I want to trust him. I want as much of Jesus in my life as possible. I want to find out more about this Jesus. If you're here today, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. And so um, I know we're not trying to embarrass anybody, but there's something about taking that step of boldness, breaking off the fear of man, and saying yes to God. That is very powerful. And so is there anybody you're here today, you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to trust him today? I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and take that bold step and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. 
I trust you, not just with uh, what you did on the cross, but I trust you with my entire life. Is there anybody in here who does not know Jesus? You want to do that? I see fingers pointing. Where am I missing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Lord. You are my new hero responding to Jesus on a message like this. This is good. And so, young man, and anyone else who wants to pray this, Jesus... You're amazing. I love you. I want to know more about you. And so, God, I give you my life. I got good news for you. You don't have to clean yourself up. (laughs) He's going to, you know, you get your whole life, he's going to work with you. And so he accepts you just as you are. Jesus, I trust you. I trust you with my life, with my family, with my future. No one can take better care of me than you, Jesus. So, Lord, I want to know you. I don't want to just hear stories about you. I want to know you for myself. And so, uh, young man, in the name of Jesus, be made whole. As you're trusting Jesus right now, the Holy Spirit's coming into your life, and you may not feel a whole bunch of things. You may feel a whole bunch of things. It doesn't matter. You're trusting him. Something is shifting in the spiritual realm. Bless him in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon him and confirm it so he knows it's the real deal. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm not sure it gets any better than that, gang. Water baptisms, that's actually my favorite. Um, if you do not pray in tongues, if, again, your mind is going, it just, it's not for your mind, okay? Your mind gets to get put on hold. Your mind's a great student, it's a terrible master. If you're being run by your mind, it's going to be a long life. <laughs> not necessarily a long number of days, it's just going to be long because you're trying to figure everything out. So God is all for the mind as long as it's a servant to the Holy Spirit. So um, if you've never spoken in tongues, there's a grace to do it right now. You're going to pray, and you're going to trust that God's given you the words. You're just going to pray what you're hearing, and it's going to sound like gibberish. It's going to sound like ridiculousness to you. There's a faith element to me. God, he says this. He says if, you ask, if, a, if a son asks his dad for a piece of bread, he's not going to give him a rock. He says if he asks for a, a fish, he's not going to give him a snake. And he says this, if he asks for the Holy Spirit, how much, he says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So the same way you receive salvation, you saw it, it's like, wow, this is available. Yes, Lord, I receive it. That's how you receive the gift of speaking in tongues. You see, Paul's like, I, I want all of you to speak in tongues. This is a gift for every believer, not just a gifted few. And so um, if, you don't, if you've never spoken in tongues, there's just a grace on it to join in the... Uh, the, the gang here, all right? So for those of you who do speak in tongues, we're going to speak in tongues for 60 seconds. And then I'm going to, we're going to take a minute and we're going to say, Holy Spirit, help me interpret what I just said. We're going to go ahead and just practice interpreting right here. For those of you who speak in tongues regularly, I'm going to put a little bit more weight on the bar for you. You've been praying in tongues for more than 10 years. Here, I'm going to put a little more weight on the bar. Here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to say, God, give me a different tongue. God, give me a different tongue. Is everybody feeling challenged at some level? All right. And um, don't worry about the person next to you. Uh, The fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. Who gives a flying rip what that person does when you are digging into the well of mysteries and revelation for what God has for you to build yourself up, to build an edifice, to house the revelation that God wants to give you to move forward? Okay? All right. Let's, let's, Let's do this thing. All right.
Job, it's either 29 or 31. He says, I looked up, I opened my mouth, and you filled it with words. And so uh, when I count to three, I want you to, if you've never spoken in tongues, you're regularly speaking in tongues. You've got the instructions. We're going to look up. We're going to open our mouths and say, Holy Spirit, fill them, and just begin to speak what you're hearing. It's going to be uncomfortable. Some of you can't even stop yourself. You're doing it already. <laughs> and so, guys, this is just an adventure of faith. You know what? It's, Peter had to step out of the boat before he walked on water. Moses had to hold up the rod before the waters parted. You're going to have to speak, and the Spirit's going to have to give you the words. Okay, I know we, right now we just did this like a week or two ago. Gang, God's highlighting this thing. This gift has been robbed from the body of Christ. And so let's, uh, I want everything Dad has for us. So uh, Holy Spirit, oh, just flow on us. God, we, we desire that intimacy. We desire to be made new. We desire to be built up. We desire to kick the devil's butt in warfare. God, we, we love you. That's why we're here. And so I pray that you would flow through us in the gift of tongues and ignite something in our hearts to make this a lifestyle. In the name of Jesus. All right, I'm going to count to three. You're going to look up. You're going to open your mouth. You're going to take a breath and just pray out what you're hearing for 60 seconds. One, two, three. All right, that was 60 seconds. For some of you, that was the quickest 60 seconds of your life. For others of you, that was the longest 60 seconds of your life. Hey, thanks for jumping in. Now let's just take another few, few moments here. And Holy Spirit, what did I just pray? Just look for impressions. You're not going to get like sentences probably. Just You're going to get a sense of what was going on or you've primed the pump to find out later. A lot of times I ask God, I don't find out for days. But let's just, just practice it. Holy Spirit, what was it that I was praying? You might get a picture. you, Lord. It wasn't that hard, was it, gang? All right. Bless you guys. Thank you for letting us be us. And uh, thanks for being the hungriest group in Columbus. Love you guys. And so um, our ministry teams are coming forward.